For you, the listeners of My Ruby Story, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Just enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail, costs less than $20, and it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and much, much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that, and you want cool stuff to put around your office, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc., then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com slash ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com slash ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Hey everybody and welcome to another My Ruby Story. This week we're going to be talking to Kinsey Ann Durham. Kinsey, you want to say hi? Hi. We had you on episode 180 of the Ruby Rogues podcast. We talked about barriers to new developers. It's been, what, almost three years? <laughs> wow. Has it uh, has it been that long? <laughs> yeah. You're wow. an old pro now, right? <laughs> uh, I, I don't feel like an old pro, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, to some degree that uh, I'm, I'm not a pro feeling doesn't quite go away. So, uh, And I've been doing this for a, a bit longer than you have, I think. But yeah, it's... We always feel like there's something to learn, right? Oh, yeah. And that's that's really what I love about programming is there's always, you know, no matter how many years you put in, there's always something new to learn. Yep. I'm also going to point out that you're one of our speakers for Ruby Dev Summit, which is coming up in October. Um, so people can go check that out at rubydevsummit.com. Yeah, I'm super excited. And I think it's really interesting um, doing the online approach, especially because getting places can be pretty difficult for people and um, you know, and lowering the barriers for people to learn new things. Yeah. What I found is that when I travel for conferences, even if the conference ticket is say a thousand dollars or something for like RubyConf mm-hmm. or RailsConf, I still wind up paying way more for accommodations and travel. So yeah, totally. And food and everything. Yep. So yeah, make it as accessible as possible. And, uh, I've had a few people ask, you know, is the content going to be accessible for new people? And, and yeah, a lot of it is. So I'm excited to see where we go with it. Awesome. All right. Well, let's dive in and uh, get your story going into code. My first question is, how did you get into programming? Yeah. So I got into programming, you know, not through the traditional computer science route or the boot camp code school route, which I feel like most people either go one of those two ways. Um, Uh I actually did a RailsBridge workshop. I don't know if you know what RailsBridge Uh is. I do, but why don't you go ahead and uh, explain it to people? Yeah, basically RailsBridge is a part of a larger organization that I've been really involved with in the past called Bridge Foundry. So there's RailsBridge, ClojureBridge, MobileBridge, GoBridge, and Basically, it's a weekend workshop where you go and you have mentors and teachers who, you know, teach you how to build an app essentially in whatever language or framework from scratch. And food is provided and it's a lot of cool people. Uh, It's mainly for women, but uh, men are welcome as well, as long as you accompany uh, a female. 
So I did that. Gosh, it's been a really long time, like maybe four, <laughs> five years ago. Uh, I did it here in Denver, and that was my first experience writing code. And before that, I didn't think I could do it. Uh, it was really intimidating. My stepbrother, uh, Sean Griffin, I don't know if you know uh -huh. him. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's really big in the Rails community and Rust community, and he is so smart. And I definitely saw him and what he was doing was like, there's no way I'm smart as smart as him or as smart as he is. And I don't think I can do it. But going to that workshop and spending a weekend and having an actual app that, you know, my friends and family could go to and uh, create a drink and vote on it. And that sort of thing was super exciting and just made me realize that I could do it. So from there, I kind of jumped in and was super excited about it. Uh, I had a full time job, you know, doing advertising and marketing, which my degree was in. Mm -hmm. um, I had just graduated from college and was kind of, you know, dabbling in that wasn't sure what I really wanted to do. Uh, and then I was lucky enough to meet uh, Desi McAdam at that Rails Bridge event and kept mm -hmm. in touch with her and had a couple friends that I worked with that would give me homework assignments. And they would, you know, kind of hold me to doing work during the week outside of work. And yeah, I was eventually able to get a job as an apprentice at ThoughtBot here in Denver that had just opened where Desi was the managing director. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I find that interesting. So, you know, again, it's, how do I put it? So it wasn't a computer science degree. I thought that was fun that you pointed that out. And it wasn't a boot camp. You know, it was RailsBridge and then just getting involved and, and doing what people, you know, told you would help you level up. Yeah, a lot of self-taught work, you know, using books or online tutorials and having that mentorship was super key. But then also the networking piece, which I think is also a very relevant thing, especially for, you know, developers who are new in the industry, just based on how saturated the market is and how important networking and building relationships and not just applying cold or blindly to job applications that you see online. So if somebody is out there and they're saying, you know what, I can't afford to go back to school and get a computer science degree, or I can't afford to go to a boot camp, I mean, what what do they do? What do you recommend to people? Yeah, I, you know, the, luckily there are a ton of online resources that you can learn and get the basics. I definitely think it's a lot harder nowadays to do that because you will be competing head to head with students who are coming out of these code schools or that do have computer science backgrounds. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's doable to be self-taught as long as you're willing to put in the time and really hold yourself accountable to that. And then I would definitely say, you know, not only using the free online resources, but also finding a mentor that is willing to work with you and guide you and hold you accountable because there are definitely <laughs> times where you'll hit a bug or a problem or even like getting Rails set up on your machine is a big barrier and you want someone there so you do not pull your hair out or give up <laughs> so just to guide you in the right direction. Um, sometimes Stack Overflow and those online resources aren't enough. Right. So yeah, so you get into to programming, you got into Ruby and Rails. So I'm assuming you got into Ruby the same time you got into programming through RailsBridge. Yes, exactly. That was the first time I wrote a line of code even, um, or opened a terminal, which is crazy. Uh, I, I guess I had done a little bit of HTML and CSS uh, in college, 
but I think it was, yeah, very basic. I don't even really remember doing it. So, (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. So I guess the next thing that I'm wondering is, because usually what what happens is I talk to somebody who got into programming through some other means. And so Ruby wasn't their first programming language. So it's like, oh, well, then how did Mm -hmm. you get into programming and or into Ruby? But how do you feel like Ruby shaped your experience coming in as a new programmer? Yeah, I really feel like it shaped my experience mostly because of the Ruby community. The Ruby community, you know, is awesome. And, you know, I started going to conferences and doing that sort of thing right away and automatically fell in love with the, fell in love with the community. And, you know, you heard back then, you know, there were a lot of stories going around about sexism in the industry and how hard it is for females, et cetera. But I found that, you know, Ruby, the Ruby community was super welcoming and super receptive. Uh, you know, and a while ago I gave that talk about, uh, barriers to becoming a programmer in the Ruby community. And it was so well received, um, where I feel like in other, maybe in other communities, it wouldn't have been as well received. So yeah. And I just think Ruby is such a great language and super friendly. And, you know, I don't feel like I'm writing ones and zeros and, Mm -hmm. It was a great place to start for me personally. Nice. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we get into the discussions around sexism and things like that in the community. And, you know, I'll, I'll freely admit that I'm kind of on the fence. I've I've heard stories of things that obviously shouldn't have happened, but I don't know that I've seen, you know, compelling evidence that it's a widespread problem. However, a lot of this just empowers people to help other people come into programming. And so, if, if the people they want to help are women or minorities, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see it. So, um, but, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's, you know, do other communities have more of a problem with this than we do? Um, you know, if you had tried to get into some other technology, would it have changed your experience? I don't know if there's a way to know that, but it, it's definitely interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely have experienced it or you know, seen it firsthand or been close with people who've had, who've also experienced it. Uh, you know, I do think that it is still a, an issue, but I do think that it's getting better as Mm -hmm. you know, I do think that the programming communities are getting, becoming more and more diverse with this influx of people coming out of code schools who have different backgrounds and you're, you know, your stereotypical developer. So yeah, I do think that it's getting better. Yeah, and I think it's going to become more ubiquitous as time goes on. I mean, more and more things that we have in the world and more and more of the things that need to be done in the world involve programming. And so, you know, I I think the landscape of of programming and professional programmers is going to change. Totally. Yep. So uh, what have you done in the Ruby community that you're especially proud of or that people might know you for? I'm definitely proud of the contributions I've made with RailsBridge and Bridge Foundry. And then I also helped to co-organize the Ruby Central Scholars and Guides program. Oh, so cool. for RubyConf and RailsConf, you uh, there is a program that you can apply for if you have like never been to a conference before, or new to programming, that sort of thing. And you get a free ticket to the conference and you get paired with a guide. Uh, so like a seasoned conference goer, you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's speakers or people who have been in the community for a while. And that program is really awesome and super excited to be a part of that and working on that with uh, Abby and Allison. So 
very proud of that. And then, yeah, just, I love giving conference talks and being a part of the Ruby community and continuing to write Ruby on a daily basis. Awesome. Yeah. I was a guide one year at RailsConf and it was, it was really a lot of fun. And I definitely see where that need is, right? Because people come and they just, there's so many people and so many talks that you could possibly go see. And, you know, yeah, where do I go? What do I do? Who should I be talking to? And I mean, just introducing the person that I was a guide for to the right people so that she could get the help she needed. I, I thought, I think that's incredibly important work. Yeah, that's so awesome. And awesome that you did that. And you know, we have a bunch of awesome guides every year and it's really cool to see. And the feedback from the scholars is just super inspiring and uh, cool to read as well. Yep, definitely. So what are you working on now? As far as the side projects go or as far as what I'm doing in my day-to-day job? <laughs> Any of it. Let's yeah, hear it all. So, <laughs> awesome. So I work for a startup in Denver called Go Check. I've been here for a while and have really watched the company grow and which has been super cool to watch it scale. And I'm actually on a team that's doing some super fun and exciting R&D work with image recognition and machine learning, computer vision type stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's been super cool. Um, So in still getting to write Ruby and be a part of that has been very exciting, you know, constantly learning new things and getting introduced to this world of computer vision has been amazing. So you can um, do computer vision and machine learning with Ruby? Because yeah, um, I, I keep hearing about it with Python. So Yeah, so all of that stuff is in Python, but I'm kind of working around doing the API stuff for it and mm-hmm. building the bigger picture, which is using Ruby. But as far as like the machine learning code or computer vision code goes, that is all in, that's in Python. Okay. But Python and Ruby are pretty similar. So that's been good. And yeah, I'm also mentoring for a online code school called Block, which is based in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They're really cool because, you know, a, a lot of boot camps are, you know, six months long or three months long and you have to go full time. And a lot of people can't afford to quit their full time job and just, you know, pay a bunch of money to learn how to write code. So this is all done part-time and people can do it after work or on the weekends. So I get to work with a really diverse group of students all over the world. And, um, you know, they meet with me once or twice a week and yeah. So mentoring for new students learning both JavaScript and Ruby rails. Mm -hmm. So that's been super rewarding and definitely uh, a different skill and, you know, doing, working on soft skills and networking and, you know, dealing with imposter syndrome and everything that comes along with that. So it has definitely been eye-opening and a really great experience as well. I think it's interesting, you know, you, you listed all these things and a lot of times we kind of focus so much on the tech skills, but there's so much, uh, so many other things that we have to know or deal with or, you know, with our insecurities and, you know, interpersonal skills and just feeling like we can contribute in code when we come in that we have to deal with. And and those are the things that you kind of throw out there as, you know, I'm helping people deal with those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's super important. And a lot of times in code schools or even, you know, in your day-to-day job, like performance reviews and that sort of thing, it's very much focused on technical aspects. And 
I think it's important for companies and for, you know, students coming out of code schools and instructors at these code schools to focus on the bigger picture and really what it means to be a well-rounded developer, not just someone who can, you know, get the work done. Yep. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious, where, where do you see things going from here? For like the tech industry in general yeah. or Ruby or? Yeah, the tech industry in general. I definitely see a lot of things pointing towards, you know, more machine learning, computer vision things mm -hmm. where machines are doing things that humans have traditionally done in the past. Like the image tagging that we have done previously is all by, you know, done by humans. So it's interesting to make this switch where we're actually going to, you know, use code and that sort of thing to do this image tagging. So that's super exciting. And just seeing more and more things become automated. It's super exciting and kind of what we can do with this new technology of computer vision and detecting new planets or, you know, doing art with this computer vision. I just watched a segment on Vice News about that, which was super interesting. Yeah. And I see like a big market for wearables and different things like that. And yeah, just more and more things becoming automated. Mm -hmm. What about the Ruby community? I mean, you're, you're pretty involved with Ruby Central and things like that. What, what are some mm -hmm. of the initiatives there that you see going forward? Um, still a really big fo focus on inclusion and diversity, I think, moving forward. Um, but also like making Ruby more performant and how we can use Ruby at scale and um, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Which is exciting. <laughs> Well, the last question I usually ask is for picks. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Gamefly has over 8,000 new releases and classics available to rent for Xbox One, Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PS Vita, Wii U, Wii, and 3DS, as well as older systems. As a Gamefly member, you can rent as many console or handheld games as you want and get them delivered right to your mailbox for one low monthly fee. If you like a game so much that you don't want to send it back, you can keep it for a low used price. There are never any due dates or late fees. Gamefly also offers the ability to rent Blu-ray and DVD movies as part of the regular service at no extra charge. They're offering a premium three-day trial for free. That's one game out shipped directly to you with a pre-addressed envelope included for easy returns. No contracts, cancel anytime. You can get this 30-day free trial at gameflyoffer.com slash devchat. That's gameflyoffer.com slash devchat for a 30-day free trial. And you've been on the show before, so you know what picks are. Are there things you want to shout out about? Yeah. I, well, the first thing I definitely want to shout out is we are, you know, RubyConf is coming up in November. It's going to be in New Orleans, and we are working away already on the Scholar and Guide program. So for all of you out there who are, you know, interested and either getting into Ruby or already know Ruby and haven't been to a conference and are a little intimidated, definitely apply to be a scholar. And then for all of you seasoned veterans out there, you know, we love, would love to have you as a guide and, you know, to introduce someone to the community and make a good first impression. Nice. And they just go to rubyconf.com or rubyconf.org and it's pretty easy to find that. Yep. And there is a section where, it talks about the Scholar and Guides program, and then it has a link to apply to be a guide or apply to be a scholar. Nice. Yeah, and I would definitely say my second pick would be the Bridge Foundry organization and getting involved with that. And if you do have 
capacity also to give back and volunteer for one of those events because, you know, it really does change people's lives. And it definitely changed my life completely. So I am so grateful for that and so grateful for the TAs, they call them, or the like the mentors there who give up their Saturday and Friday night to teach people and introduce them to a world and to things that they never thought possible. So that's definitely my second pick. So I guess you can kind of see a theme of giving back. And that's Mm -hmm. something I think that's really important. And maybe just for me, because I'm so grateful, but yeah. (laughs) Awesome. I'm going to jump in here with a couple of picks as well. One of the first picks that I have is we have a community for Ruby Rogues called Ruby Rogues Parlay. It's currently a, uh, a Slack channel. And uh, so you can go sign up for that. It's 10 bucks a month. I'm hoping to get to the point where I have enough people paying in to where I can start paying speakers and experts to come in and talk to us about stuff. And again, it's all remote. Um, The whole idea behind uh, Ruby Dev Summit and Ruby Rogues Parlay at this point uh, basically comes down to I talk to a lot of people who just can't make it to some in-person event like RailsBridge or like uh, a a meetup for programmers. And so I, I want to make it as accessible as possible and um, with Ruby Rogues Parlay, I have to pay for some things, and so I charge for it. Um, Ruby Dev Summit, I'm paying for that, but I feel like um, you know the people who sign up for an all-access pass will probably help cover expenses and help pay speakers a little. So that's kind of what I'm looking for there. But uh, yeah, if you want to get involved in any of that, let you know. Let me know, or just go to devchat.tv/rubyrogues um, and sign up. And uh, we'll get you in the Slack channel. And yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff that we can do there. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about that. And then um, I'm also just going to shout out about RubyConf and RailsConf. Um, I'm not always a big fan of the larger conferences, but it seems like of the ones that I've been to, that one, those ones are pretty approachable. They're not so big that you're just completely lost. But they're, you know, they're not so small that you only have limited options as far as which talks you go to. And so it's, it's a really great opportunity. I also encourage you, yeah, to go sign up for the Opportunity Scholarships. But also keep in mind that going to the sessions is helpful to learn things. But really the power in a lot of these conferences is the ability to go meet people. And so if you sign up for one of those Opportunity Scholarships and you get a guide... Make sure your guide is introducing you to people who can help you level up because uh, those relationships are, thing, are relationships that are going to help you on as you move ahead in your career. And I think the way that Kinsey has explained how she came up, it seems like the connections were as important as what she was learning. So uh, I'll, just, I'll just say that that is by far, in my opinion, the best way to take advantage of, of what you're going to get there. Yeah, 100% agree with that. All right. Well, if people want to see what you're working on these days, uh, follow you on Twitter or GitHub, what do they do? Yeah, I am on Twitter as Kinsey Ann Durham. I also have a website, KinseyAnnDurham.com, that has a little more information. My my hobby outside of programming is fly fishing and doing super outdoorsy things. So you'll see a lot of uh, that sort of thing too. But you know, I also think that's important having something outside of programming to kind of, you know, take your mind off of it and take a break from staring at a computer screen all day has been super important for me. So awesome. Well, thank you for coming and sharing your story with us. Uh, Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, we will be back next week with another Ruby story. 
Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.